All right, here we go, guys. Uh, it's time. It, welcome in to the uh, Friday afternoon Longhorn live stream uh, brought to you by Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, we appreciate Andy each and every Friday uh, joining us uh, and allowing us to, to uh, do these things. Uh, you may notice the guy on the top here is Rod Babers, the Rod Babers, uh, our friend indeed, former Longhorn. Uh, below him is a newcomer, C.J. Vogel. Uh, C.J. is a longtime uh, Longhorn fan, but uh, more recently, he's a University of Texas graduate and has been covering the Longhorns professionally now for a couple of years, as well as uh, recruiting. So we're happy to have him in. CJ, welcome aboard, bud. Well, thank you, Bobby. Rod, glad to be here. You know, this is exciting times. You know, what what better time to, you know, hop on than right now, right in the middle of, of everything, basically. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is in the middle of everything, CJ. We appreciate you, dude. So we're currently, by the way, 30,000, uh, 30,000 subscribers mm. right at it today. Uh, we right. are literally eight subscribers away from 30,000 on this channel. Let's do uh, it. I remember when there was 128, just for the record. So it's been a long trek. Uh, we have a lot in store for you guys today. We've got a lot of uh, news and information, particularly around recruiting uh, today. We're going to talk a little Washington football as well. Uh, but first, we're going to bring in a young man uh, that needs not a lot of introduction uh, to Texas fans, but uh, is do it. His name is Trey Owens. He's a quarterback out of Houston Cypher High School. He's Longhorn's only quarterback recruit in this class. And on Wednesday night, uh, he won the Houston area touchdown club offensive player of the year. Uh, um. Trey, welcome to the show, bud. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. How are y'all? Good. We're, we're all congrats. Rod, Rod knows what hey. that award means. Exactly. Yeah. I'm from H-Town, uh, baby. So I get it. I get it, man. Hey, I, two things, though. Uh, Trey, two things I get. All right, I get what a big deal it is to be the uh, the best offensive player in the city of Houston. But number two, I used to have to see Katie every every year or North Shore every year, depending on <laughs> if we got to if we got that deep in the playoffs. And brother, you knocking out Katie and pulling the upset. I'm gonna tell you right now, <laughs> fantastic. That was amazing, but that don't happen a lot, man. You gotta have some, you gotta have some of that it quality to do it. Can you tell us about that real quick? Just give me a little rundown how you pulled off the upset. Um, our defense and O line stepped up massively. They had a really good D line, so I wasn't necessarily scared about it, but I had to be ready for really anything. And my O line stepped up majorly, and we only allowed one sack all night, and allowed me to do what our offense can do. We got our running back back. He got he got hurt like week three, and he hasn't come back until then. He had the game-winning touchdown. So we were just clicking on all cylinders. Defense allowed six points in the first half from Katie. Hey, no one does that anymore. So nah, it, was, it was definitely the best game um, I've ever had in my life. Like not, not my best performance ever, but like my favorite high school game yeah. ever. It was, it was electric, the fans and everything. It, it, was, it, it was just like a dream. It was pretty cool. Nice. Hey, I've got to ask you. You're you're not going. You're signing officially on Wednesday, but yes. you're not going to be one of the young guys that plays or that practices for the bowls, correct? You're going to an All Star game, the Army game, right? Uh, I I didn't change that. I'm going to the Adidas All American game. Okay, gotcha. So w when you go into the Adidas game, tell folks about that. Are there any other Longhorns that are going to be playing alongside you? I'm Wingo's on my team, so that's going to be a fun one. I mean, have a good. <laughs> <laughs> that's great dude when does that when, all, when does that all get started for you uh i think i fly out january 6th 
or not what January 1st, the game's on the 6th. Gotcha. Um, guys, uh, y'all have any questions, CJ, what you want to ask uh, Trey a question here? Yeah, Trey. I, I, I mean, I've spoken with you in person, seen you in person a number of times now. Yeah. I want to go back to the end of July. You made it to campus. I think it was the first time you made it down to campus by yourself. I think you came to Jordan Washington, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, we we asked you, you know, what you expected from Texas this upcoming season. And, you know, I think I, the quote I wrote down was, I expect Quinn to do his thing. And if that is the case, Texas will be a top four team contending in the playoff in the national championship. What was it that you saw back in July, you know, in whether it be summer workouts or just talking to the guys on the team that made you think this is the year, this is the jump that Texas will make and eventually uh, we'll see on the field this year? Um, obviously Quinn's performance early last year, um, especially at Bama, it just showed so many signs of greatness and, um, obviously him getting hurt, that kind of stalled us and having to play backups and stuff. But I think the biggest thing was the amount of returners we had this year and, um, yeah, and his completion percentage and how he's been able to command that locker room and all that. It's, it's, it's unlike really anyone else. No one has that high completion rating at this level it's like above 70 and anything above that's extremely impressive so seeing him get to play and all the receivers and ad playing like we thought he would man it's it's, it's awesome and i'll be there at new orleans so it'll be fun you're going there. to new orleans huh so that I'm, you must i'm not going, going, going like to the game but i'm just gonna go hang out in new orleans for a couple days you ain't the only one try i'm going to man i'll be there <laughs> Hey, uh, Trey, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, we're joined by Trey Owens. I'm Bobby Burton. On top of the screen right is Rod Baber, C.J. Vogel uh, joining us as well. Uh, Trey, uh, you know, you talk about all of this stuff and y'all's recruiting class is just now getting finalized. I mean, are you going up this weekend to hang out with a number of the other commitments? I know there's like 10 plus commitments going to be there. There's going to be some uncommitted prospects as well. What, what's going on in that regard, and uh, what's what's uh, ahead of you for this weekend? Yeah, since I'm not going to the Army Bowl, I'm, I'm going up this weekend. I'll go up early Saturday, hang with all the guys. I'm going to stay the night, too, so I'll probably be up pretty late. Um, I think, like, the only two people I know that aren't going is going to be Colin and Alex, obviously, because they're playing. But besides that, I don't know anyone else that isn't coming, so there's going to be a ton of people. And obviously, they yeah. year to flip, which I think that, that probably will happen. So, well, you, you got to cross your fingers. We get the thing we know you can't speak for other people. It's hard to do that in this business. But let me ask you a, another question as it relates to this whole class. Have y'all gotten really tight via text message? Uh, do you talk to those guys? I mean, how does how is that going? Well, yeah, we have a snap group chat, but we, we talk we've as of recently, we've started talking a lot more almost daily on it. So just joking around, talking, seeing what everyone else is going to do, who's going for bowl practices, who's early enrolling, all stuff like that. Just, just small talk, but now we're getting a lot closer. So it's it's going to be a really fun class. And these next couple of years will be really enjoyable. You mentioned hey, Trey, that. Uh, Rod, do you have something? I just want to ask you real quick about your, your game just for a second. You know, I'm watching film, so I, I, I want to know from you, because you took your game to another level, obviously, this season. What did you what did you emphasize working on in the offseason season? And did you did you actually accomplish that? Did you accomplish the goals that you had in the offseason in terms of your personal game, improving your skill set, developing? What were these specific things that you wanted to get better at? Uh, moving out of the pocket and running a lot better. Um, against Katie, I'm, I'm, I'm going to brag a little bit, but it was third and 14 and overtime. And 
our pass play didn't work, and I ran at the middle field. I juked the linebacker and got the first down. So, I mean, nice. that, just being able to do that on key situations is always mm. helpful. Um, but do you have honestly throwing on the run, running, being able mm. to stay in the pocket when I need to and have to, and um, trusting my receivers, knowing where they're going to be, and it's just. It, it was real fun this year. Um, it's going to suck that it's all over, but obviously these next couple of years are really enjoyable. Nice. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned mid, being a mid-year enrollee. That's one of the things CJ and I were talking about prior to this opening, uh, Trey. You had – I mean, there's 15 of you right now that are committed that are mid-year enrollees. There's a, a couple more that could come aboard that would make it 17. I mean, that, that's got to be cra- – that's just a crazy number. Have y'all even – I mean, CJ, get, you and you chime in here a little bit and ask uh, Trey a question or two, but the mid-year number is just uh, astounding for the Longhorns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at the, the more this game's kind of grew, I mean, it's it's almost like a necessity to graduate the early. It's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of help. You get to learn the plays and get bigger and faster and stronger before you actually start playing. Um, and obviously for me behind those other quarterbacks, I'm going to need to grow and get faster and stronger. I don't plan on getting there and starting immediately, but getting as ahead as I can, um, is it's, it's my plan. And, um, I think it'll work out as it should. Yeah. Trey, you mentioned the other quarterbacks that are on roster currently, obviously a lot was made early in the year when Quinn came out and said, you know, there, there's, you know, a, a, a very tight knit bond between the quarterback room, whether it be with, with Coach Milwee or Sarkeesian, you know, running the room as well. Um, how close are you with the guys on campus now? And, I mean, how often are you in conversations with them? And and, and just how excited are you really to be joining them eventually, uh, you know, in just a couple weeks? I talk to Arsh the most. He's, he's really chill. He's a humble guy. He's a fun guy to be around. He's also my host at the OV. So uh, he's a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I'll talk to him a lot more once I get up there in a couple of weeks. But um, right now I really just mostly talk to all the guys that committed. It's almost, it's, it's pretty much daily Parker and Wingo and a lot of the guys on mostly offensive guys, but uh, nah, it's, it's, it's so much fun getting to know these guys and it's going to be a lot more fun playing with them in a couple of years. Yeah. Hey, Trey, are they, have they given you, because when I was first coming up, uh, you'd get like uh, nutrition and diet and workout, like prep stuff from the coaches, from the strength and conditioning staff, uh, any, any off season moving, uh, obviously going into the, for us, it was, you know, training camp, but for you guys, you guys are coming in early. Are you getting any of that stuff? Do you get any stuff from the playbook even uh, early on? I haven't got anything from a playbook, but this weekend we're going to go do all our like academic and nutrition stuff and get that all planned out for the semester. That's the the plan for this weekend. Good stuff. All right. We have a couple of uh, questions from the audience that you mind uh, answering those. What what can I say? Yeah, sure. They're, they're easy. They're not, they're, they're, this is what we call puff questions for you. They're not going to be any, tell us your deepest, darkest easy. This is from (laughs) Rocky. Trey, what was your recruitment to Texas like? Um, it was it was really long. I started getting recruited like April of last year, and uh, obviously I didn't get offered till I think October. So I was up there as much as I could. I went to three or four games and all the pool parties and camps and stuff in the spring to kind of showcase my ability and obviously work towards getting that offer. 
Um, but yeah, I feel like I kind of kept being consistent and consistent and consistent of going up there and talking to everybody and get close to the coaching staff and learning how they run things and seeing if it was the right fit for me. And inevitably it was, and it was the best choice for me. What did, what did they say that they liked coach Sarkeesian and uh, coach Milway? What was it that they said they liked the most out of you? Um, definitely my more pro style. Um, so one of the biggest things coach Sark told me was like, we recruit running backs to run and quarterbacks to throw. So, that me not running all the time isn't a deal breaker at all. He actually likes it probably better. And um, obviously my ability to just make throws and my IQ at in the high school level, at least I think, is pretty high. And my turnover to touchdown ratio and all that stuff. And it's – I mean, it's – I don't know how to word it. I think, like, I'm more matured for my age, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 43. I let this be let's be uh, clear here. 43 touchdowns uh this season through the air, four interceptions, right? Mm. A, a 10, a ten yeah. to one ratio is kind of good, Trey. You don't have to be uh you don't have yeah. to be bashful about that. All right, uh, we'll we'll finish up with this one and then let you go because we know it's busy. You got to go to Austin tomorrow, get going with those guys. Trey, what is your current height and weight? This comes from Zane Petty. Um, so funny thing is I don't lose weight during the season. It's weird, but I'm, I'm six, five, two thirty five right now. I put on weight, so I'm pretty big. Wow. I don't look like it, but it, know, credit that to the weight room, right? Yeah. <laughs> nah, or, or the pantry, whichever one. Or the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great Owens. We appreciate you, buddy. You have fun this weekend. Uh, get yourself going and hook them, bud. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mike. Hook them, brother. Deal, Trey. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's our friend Trey Owens, future Texas Longhorn. He signs with the Longhorns on Wednesday, uh, and ready to get going and uh, get it going. What y'all? What do y'all think, uh, CJ? You've watched him. We haven't. I've heard what Rod saw from him uh, before. I haven't heard from you. What did you see from Trey Owens as a high school quarterback? Yeah, no, I I saw him in person against Jersey Village this year, and I mean, you mentioned the forty three touchdowns, the four interceptions. I think I saw six of those in the first half. Six wow. touchdowns in the first half against Jersey Village. I mean, by the third quarter, he was putting on the headset and hanging out with his teammates. So uh, the thing that really stood out to me whenever I watched him in person is he he mentioned he likes being a passer of the football. He's not, you know, an overly athletic guy that will take off and, you know, go hurdle a couple guys and and Mike Vick you all the way through the end zone. You know, that's not necessarily his play style. But what is impressive when you watch Trey is he does move, maneuver through the pocket very well. You know, this is a guy that will climb. He can sense pressure from behind. Uh, he's a guy that really knows how to get out of sticky situations without needing to extend play or I guess go beyond the line of scrimmage to uh you know necessarily use his legs to gain yards. It's always looking down the field. It's always finding ways to get into a spot to throw the ball and find guys down the field. That is very impressive in tight situations when the pocket collapses. And you know at the high school level it certainly happens pretty often. So that was the number one takeaway that I had. Uh, on top of seeing him in seven on seven and stuff like that, the competitiveness is amongst mm-hmm. the best that I've seen in this class. So uh, I think Texas is getting a good one here. What about his arm strength? Cause that I, I watched him throw and it was obvious that, I mean, look, Sark likes to stretch the field vertically. He has that kind of arm, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and when I watched him, honestly, I asked him about this too. I was like, how often do you have to let it loose? Cause on film, he, his touch is one of his, I think, elite traits in his game. 
he does you don't ever really see him let it loose on a throw. He almost puts exactly what he needs on in terms of the below. Um, and but he's got a nice deep ball, a beautiful deep ball. Um, and Sark likes the deep ball. We know that even here in Texas, he had to curtail the deep ball because it wasn't the strength of the Texas offense or Quinn Ewers. I always say I think he actually is uh, secretly jealous of that Washington offense because they're really good at the deep ball, and Sark always wanted to be a deep ball thrower. I think at one point when this offense has different personnel, they're going to get back to throwing that deep ball. Trey Owens has a beautiful deep ball. And I love what um, what CJ said about the competitiveness. Think about when Sark said his four traits that he's looking for in the quarterback, he said competitiveness was actually like one of the top traits. Like he just wants a guy that is an uber competitor. Trey Owens, listen to any of the interviews we've done with him. He's got swag. All right. He t- Trust me, I, that's why I asked him about the Katie win. Because I already knew what he was. Th- that's a competitor. He's like, I didn't have my best game. But we we beat the hell out of Katie. That's, that, as an H-Town, that means something. And so I love that about his game too, man. He's a competitor. He's got, he's got. I, I, have, I don't know him enough to know for sure. But he does seem to have some hints of that it quality in him. That's yeah, definitely. And Bobby, real quick, I just wanted to chime in again. The kind of camaraderie that he has with his receivers, obviously Owen Carter, the Rice commit down at Side Fighter, is his go-to guy. When you watch the two of them play and when he gets in sync with receivers that you know he's had months and months and months to throw to, it, it, it's almost you know a, a, like a little t- telepathy there. Like you know when plays break down where his receivers are going to be, how he wants them to, you know, to either rail it up the sidelines or come back and find the ball if he's scrambling out of the pocket. It's really impressive when you watch him in sync with his receivers like we saw, uh, you know, this season, obviously, against Katie and, you know, before then as well. So I can only imagine once you get, you know, four or five of these guys that are in this class right now, months and months and months with Trey Owens, it's going to be impressive when, uh, you know, his time finally comes. Yep. All right. Uh, that's going to we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some other uh, stuff going on with recruiting. But first, I want to bring up a guy uh, that is I mentioned this on Wednesday during coffee and football. I believe that there's going to be a a visitor this weekend that people were probably going to be surprised by. Uh, I didn't want to put it out at the time. He's uh, been committed elsewhere. He's been committed to Baylor for quite some time. And that young man's name is uh, Alex Foster. Uh, He is out of Greenville, Mississippi. Uh, Here are some of his film. He just released his senior film uh, today. Uh, Rod and uh, CJ, tell me what you like about this young man. Uh, he's out of small town Mississippi now. <laughs> uh, you know, you can tell. I mean, he's a great raw athlete. They got him playing in a two-point stance a lot, playing up on the edge a lot too. So not sure what Texas is projecting him to be, uh, but he's definitely a guy that's comfortable on the edge, comfortable in space. I love his pursuit to the football. You'll see several plays, him, him just tracking down the football, down the field, past the line of scrimmage. I uh, love that about his game. He looks like I just say a raw athlete on the front and as long as you got development which texas does you can take these kind of guys with elite athletic traits they're not necessarily uh well-rounded football players yet not close to complete yet but they got certain elite traits that if you if you can develop around those elite traits you're talking about a hell of an upside yeah 100 i I, I think it's, it's really important that you even mentioned it to start with you know he's from mississippi you know, defensive linemen from that area, that Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, the boot, hmm. those are guys that you see a lot of hit rate on. And obviously Texas has seen it themselves when you look back at Malcolm Brown and what he was able to do back here. I mean, 
these type of guys are different animals. And when you get them into a, a weight room system and, you know, uh, you get them eating the way that college athletes should be eating at the top yeah. level, you see massive transformations with their body that you normally didn't get to see or didn't have an opportunity to see at the high school level. So when he's showing these raw athleticism right now, you can only begin to imagine what it will turn into uh, given the time and, and effort in the weight room and in a, in a good health system. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Malcolm Brown, but I think you mentioned Malcolm Roach from Baton Rouge. Yeah, sorry, yes, Brown, Malcolm Brenham. But but, yeah. but the, the reality of it is this, and this is where I think we all agree: Bo Davis doesn't mind incubating people. Nope. Right. That he sees a raw football player here that's six five, two fifty, runs well, has long arms, and clearly mm -hmm. can pack a punch. And he's saying, "Okay, come come sit with me for a year, year and a half." Let's get some weight on you. Let's see what whether you're, you're an end or a tackle. Let's let's really see how hard you're going to work. And then in two years time, let's talk about it. Right. And I think that that's where, in, in my opinion, at least uh, Texas is going to try to go uh, with uh, with uh, Alex Foster, young man out of Greenville, Mississippi, who is making his official visit uh, to Texas uh, today uh, and trying to go in that direction. Uh, I will add this. I want to I want to add this. Uh, Texas also expected to have in uh, Xavier Phil Sami, uh, the defensive back safety out of uh, uh, out of uh, McKinney, Texas, later today. Uh, CJ, haven't asked you about him, uh, but what's the latest in your that you're hearing on Xavier Phil Sami in recruiting? Yeah, I think you know, dating back to uh, the Red River shootout. I mean, this was a guy Texas has kind of panned around and said, you know, we're going to turn up the heat. Texas wasn't really involved in this recruitment dating back to when he committed to Florida and even dating back to the beginning of uh, 2023. But as the season kind of progressed and we started seeing the, you know, really the wheels start to fall off in Florida, a door started creaking open there. And it's mm -hmm. fun whenever you kind of look at the type of prospect that he is. And this was a guy who was, you know, 10, five flat guy, you know, very early in his high school career. He's a guy that you see him in person. You think, <laughs> God, how long has he been in a college weight room? I mean, these are the physical tools that you think you can look at and you say, imagine what he could do a few years in in, in development, you know, with with Gideon and in that defect Texas defensive room. I mean, it's impressive physically what he brings to the table. And Texas has been chipping away, you know, each each week. It just feels like that door is creaking open just a little bit more. And now you see an official visit locked in. It, it, it feels like the writing's on the wall, but of course the visit has to go very well and has to be, you know, really the, the, the book into saying, this is why Texas is the spot for you. I, let me ask you this, to your knowledge, did uh, Florida losing uh, their defensive backs coach actually firing Corey Raymond have an impact yeah. on this recruitment for Florida? Because he was, uh, Raymond was uh, Phil, Phil Simi's primary contact with the Gators. I have to think it is. And I think this is a recruitment that Texas benefited from Florida losing Corey Raymond for a second time. You know, you go back to Wardell Mack, who won that recruitment for Florida. It was his relationship and the promise of being developed by Corey Raymond and what he did at LSU at the time to be, you know, kind of carried over for their time at Florida. When he departs, that promise is no longer there. And you look at the Florida program as a whole. Currently, it's not exactly what you want to enter into, you know, if you're a five-star defensive back. And so, obviously, Texas winning and, and making a push for the college football playoff is helping their cause more than in, in more than one instance. Uh, and so I, I have to imagine that is, is certainly a, a big factor there. 
Hey, Rod, question for you. How big is that as a player, former player, someone that was recruited by a, a Florida State at the time, which was a national power, a oh, Texas, yeah. an A&M, that consistency at defensive back coach or, or by the guy that was recruiting you? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really important. I mean, and I will tell you, I think it's actually important for development. Uh, we're seeing now in the 40 acres, right? This consistency of development. Look at, I think a lot of it, we don't give enough credit to, uh, you know, start keeping the staff together, trying to keep as much stability with the staff as possible. Same terminology, same system. That really does help development. In terms of recruiting, you know, I, I, just, I had a change in DB coach. I was recruited by Everett Withers. They have a good DB coach, ended up being a head coach at Texas State, uh, you know, coached in the league for a little while. He was my original DB coach, and then I got Coach Akina. And what a you know, I, I love me some Coach Withers, but Coach Akina was a different level of coach and different style of coach. You know what I mean? He was cerebral. He was about being a student of the game. He taught me about being a football investigator, picking up on clues. Uh, I never would be able to do what I'm doing now without Coach Akina. I was, I was he, he transformed me as a player. Uh, you know, in terms of my football IQ and football acumen. So it, it, you know, sometimes it can be a blessing in disguise that that change in terms of a coach but Corey Raymond he's a made man he's kind of like coach Akina got a lot of respect in the DB world right? even that Absolutely. name you're dropping it I, I remember that name so that also means a lot too sometimes you want to be developed by a great DB coach and maybe that made a difference yep all right all right uh, we got some more more questions and comments to get to we got a long hour here to go Rod's gonna dip out here in about 10 15 minutes I think he's got to get to the doctor's office for the baby He's got a. <laughs> I'll, I'll slide on that. Y'all don't even notice me. I'll slide on that. Y'all don't even notice me when I leave. Before we get to that, though, we want to say thank you to our Friday after sp afternoon sponsor. Each and every Friday's live stream is brought to you by our friend Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, if you're looking to start the new year fresh and want to own your own business, there's one person you need to call if you're thinking the franchise game might be right for you. It's Andy Ludicky. Give him a call at 404 973-9901 or email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. He does a free consultation, takes you through all these steps. It's really simple. I did it myself actually more than a year ago now. Uh, and it is really an interesting situation uh, that he can get you into a business uh, that may be fitting right for you. All right, CJ, have not talked to you. So I want to hear about your thoughts initially on the Washington Huskies. You're prevailing thoughts about the Huskies and the Longhorns in the matchup in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, who's excited for the rematch, especially with all this on the line? You know, it's exciting. And, you know, you talk about the revenge tour. This is going to cap it off, you know. So uh, it is exciting. Um, I will say it, it's not the, the best matchup for Texas when you consider the four teams on the college football playoff, or I guess the three other teams. Uh, we know Washington's a high-flying explosive offense that gets – that stretches the field vertically offensively. And we've seen that throughout the year. That's not necessarily the best fit uh, that we've seen against this Texas defense at times. And so the, the big names offensively, whether it be Roma Dunze, you know, Jalen Polk, you know, these guys are, 
are going to test the Texas secondary. And it, it's going to be important again for Texas to sit back, hope that they can make Washington one dimensional, which is something that they've done seemingly every week since Oklahoma. Uh, that is important. And when I went back and watched the Washington game from last year. I can tell you what's not going to happen. And that's or Washington running for 160 yards and average six yards on the ground per carry. That's not going to happen. Will they have success? Sure. They've, Ran the ball very well against Oregon this year. They've looked good at times in terms of getting explosive chunk plays through the ground, but that's not going to be, you know, a successful hit rate against Texas. And so I, I, I have to imagine if you create Washington or create it to be one dimensional for Washington this uh, this bowl bowl season, it's going to be a better turnout in my eyes for Texas defensively. Rod, what do you think about that? Because you had some stats that were just eye popping. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, CJ's right. It's uh, Texas is a better football team than Washington, in my opinion. They're just a better overall team, but they have a specific strength <laughs> that targets a weakness of Texas, and that is Texas pass defense, especially on vertical routes downfield. Um, you know, they they thrown a hundred balls, vertical shots, twenty yards or more down the field uh, the entire season. Texas in the realm of 40 for Quinn Ewers, right? So we're talking about very different offenses. Texas has allowed, I think, 36% completion percentage on the season on passes 20 yards or more down the field, which is actually pretty good. But I take away the backup quarterbacks out of my sample size because, you know, that just don't count. You take away the back, take the backup quarterbacks out, that number rises to 42%. And Michael Pennis completes 44% of those deep passes downfield. Here's the good news. When you did rewatch that game last year, Texas, and I watched the Alamo Bowl, how many deep passes did Washington complete? One, one, uno. It was the first play of the game, Bob. It was a flea flicker. It took a flea flicker to catch Texas sleeping. Texas' game plan last year to neutralize the deep ball was a really good one. But mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams' butt is they had to play with a lighter box. They played with some deep safeties a lot of the times, right, because they wanted to stop and neutralize the deep threat. It did. It actually dissuaded them from throwing the deep, and Texas stopped the deep ball, but they gave up the run game, as, as CJ mentioned, right? Almost six yards per carry, 158 yards on the ground. Texas this year, though, fifth best rush defense in the country. Last year, that wasn't the case. They lost this game for two reasons last season, because of rush defense and also, and actually rush offense too. Just say the rushing game, right? The rushing battle. Right. They just couldn't run the ball and they dominate on the ground. That's lines of scrimmage. And then number two, money downs. G-O-T-F, get off the field. Texas couldn't get off the field. They were 13 of 23 on money downs last season on that Alamo Bowl. That's just like 56% conversion rate. This year, Texas top three in the country in third down defense. So it won't play out like it did last season. But make no mistake, this team, it can go. And Roma Doomsday will be a problem. Braylon Trice. Remember, Braylon Trice had two sacks last year. Two tackles for loss. All right, he's got 68 pressures on the season. Led college football with 70 pressures last year. If you don't stop Braylon Trice, he will wreck your offensive game plan. I assure you, he'll be drafted in the first round, if not top of the second. Roma Doomsday's a first round. They got more first round picks right now than Texas does. Michael Pennis will be drafted in the first round, too. Don't sleep on him. All right. I got to go. All right. That's Rod Babers, guys. He's going to his uh, daughter's checkup. Uh, CJ, I don't know if you know this or not, but Rod uh, had a child right around the Oklahoma game this year, uh, his first one ever. And so he's been uh, a little dragging at times, but uh, he, he, uh, he uh, is now – the child's now sleeping through the night, uh, which you I don't think you have kids yet. Do you, CJ? 
Absolutely not. I'm far away from that. Okay. Well, good for you. All right. We'll keep on here. We'll talk a little recruiting with me, myself, Bobby Burton, and CJ Vogel. Uh, we'll also talk uh, some more Texas, Washington, if you want to. Uh, we've got some time here until the top of the hour to keep going. Uh, let's start with a super chat from Winston Culpepper. Uh, this one from Winston. If Quinn Ewers gets injured and Arch has to play, will he lose his red shirt this year? The answer there, Winston, is no. Uh, about four years ago, the NCAA changed its red shirt rule. Now you can participate in up to four games as a true freshman or in any year and maintain your red shirt. As of right now, Arch has played in two games for Texas. Uh, obviously, they play, he played against Oklahoma State. His debut was against uh, Texas Tech. Those two games were big for the Longhorns, obviously. Uh, but now he only has two games left that he could even get to. So the max he will play in this year is four. So he's at no danger right now of doing that. All right, Rob, Roberto Weller has one. Uh, anything on where we go for linebacker coach? Any chance Gary Patterson, if it's an on-the-field job and he doesn't get a head coaching spot elsewhere? Gary Patterson's interesting. Colton Swan, the, the uh, linebacker's coach uh, out of uh, uh, Utah, is someone that Eric Nalene had mentioned before. Uh, there's also the idea that Derek Johnson may throw his hat in the ring for that spot. Hey. I mean, it, you know, those kind of things. I don't, my take on it is CJ is, do we think that, do we think that, that, uh, do we think that Steve Sarkeesian really has to rush this decision? Because I don't feel like he didn't rush Chris Jackson last year. No, absolutely. Why would he have to rush this one? No, I, I think you're spot on. And again, if you, it's not like you're, you're rushing to find a replacement to, to lure in recruits. Obviously we mentioned Ty Anthony Smith potentially visiting this week. That's really the only linebacker that you're worried about in the cycle. So that's interesting on, on that part as well. And when, when we look at Sarkeesian's approach to the Chris Jackson hire, he didn't necessarily rush it. He wanted to find his guy, and he wanted to find a guy that could teach, develop, and get his guys to play well on the field. Not necessarily an ace recruiter or a big name that had a lot of skins on the wall, but a guy that he felt was a right fit for the, for the program, for his staff, and could – raise the level of play to where we hadn't necessarily seen uh, at the wide receiver position at Texas. So I do think there's no rush. You know, obviously Jeff Choate is going to be helping out until the end of the college football playoff. That's uh, going to lock up what you want to be helped at, you know, in terms of the linebacker position in practice and moving forward. Uh, and so really take care of business for the rest of the season. And then all attention goes to it. I'm not saying that's you know, going to be the plan, but it certainly makes things a whole lot easier to say, I don't need to rush this higher. I can find the right guy. I can take things slow and evaluate all the options. Yeah. I, I, that's where I'm at too. I mean, why look, he's done such a good job with the coaching hires he's made CJ. Why right. would he, why would he mess with success? Be deliberate, figure out who you want. Hey, this one's from David Keith uh, Williams. Jamon Tapp seems like he'll eventually be a strong side defensive end. At 6'5", I think Alex Foster might be more like how we view Jeray Bledsoe. Foster could focus on muscle and weight gain for two years so he can play defensive tackle. At 6'5", 250, and you really haven't gotten into a, a, a college weight program yet, CJ, right. there's a good chance. He's, he's a – I mean, look, Tavondre Sweat came in at 275. He's at 364. That's 90 pounds. <laughs> if if – Alex Foster adds 90 pounds. He's 340. He's definitely not a defensive end. Right. No, 100%. And I was actually – I have the 
I have a, a, a Texas roster taped up on my wall over here. So I was looking at that. Jamon Sweats or uh, Jamon Tap, excuse me, is now listed at 266. The thing with him, the thing that you really have to evaluate when it comes with defensive linemen, especially guys that teeter from ed, true edges and guys that you can spin inside to the interior, is the way their body is shaped. And I, I mean that in the terms of the lower body specifically. You know, when you look at Jamon Tap, and this was the case coming out of high school, I got to watch him at the All American Bowl in San Antonio. His lower body did not kind of resemble that of a guy that was built to be on the interior. When you look at Alex Foster, this is a guy you could say, all right, like I see the thick legs, I see the thighs, the glutes. That looks to me like someone that could build into a guy that plays at the three tech or even slides to the nose should everything go well in his development. That was never really the case, I, I at least in my opinion, with Jamon Tapp. And so – that's a big evaluation piece whenever it comes to evaluating defensive linemen. With Foster, I think he's, he's more suited to slide inside. Uh, but again, at 6'5", you've seen guys that Texas has developed, like Charles Omenihu, that have had success uh, on the edge, and it certainly works there. It all depends on how his first couple months in the program go at Texas. Uh, CJ, you're new to the program, and, and I want to introduce you properly. Uh, former I graduated from the University of Texas. A few years back, you've been covering the Longhorns, uh, both uh, online and elsewhere. But uh, really, you've also been covering recruiting, too. So you're a five-tool player here. You cover not only the team, but also recruiting. And so that's why I'm uh, asking all of these questions uh, of you. Uh, let, let's go to something else. The, the, the transfer portal's in full blow, bloom right now. Uh, we've reported uh, here at On Texas Football that Andrew Makuba and Matthew Golden, the, the, the nickelback from Clemson, as well as the the uh, wide receiver kick returner from Houston, are expected on campus this weekend. There are reports out there that Tyler Barron may be also on campus at some point this weekend. He's a defensive end from Tennessee that had six and a half sacks this this year. You had another guy you wanted to mention as well that you think might be on campus with Barron. Uh, go ahead and tell me who that is. It's current, or I guess former uh, Tennessee safety, Danico Slaughter. He's a guy who uh, really expressed a lot of versatility this year for the Vols. He had starts at safety, corner, and nickel. Uh, so a, really a guy that you can throw anywhere and see success you know, right away in any role in the Texas def- uh, secondary. He's a guy that uh, I was I was passed along the name earlier this, this week. Um, again, I, I – I'm not 100% sure if he's coming in, but if he does, it will be coming in with Barron, uh, the two of them coming in together as well. Yeah. The other name that I had heard in the secondary, another nickel, it's clear they're looking for a nickel for Jade Barron right now. Um, and that is Brandon Johnson out of Duke, who some think might be ending, ending up at Notre Dame along with the quarterback, uh, at Riley Leonard as well, uh, CJ. All right, here's another question. This one from Aunt Rick Ambergay. Uh, any word on Chris Ross? I remember hearing he was taking classes and hoping to see if he could get a second chance. He showed tremendous first step pass rush in the Bama game. I've been told that he is out and not expected back. He is taking classes because he wasn't kicked out of school, just no longer a member of the team. You hear anything like that, uh, uh, CJ? Yeah, I've heard since his kind of injury and – I guess soft departure from the team. Uh, there, there has not been a return. I've heard that there's been kind of expressed interest in the return uh, from Chris's side. I'm not sure, you know, just how how well received that was, or you know, if that's progressed at all since you know uh, the season has has developed. But 
it, it was unfortunate to see him get injury, injured. And like you said, I mean, he showed some promise early against Alabama. He was getting some snaps early in the year. Uh, for all I know, I hope he's doing well in his rehabilitation from the injury and looking to get back on the field somewhere, you know, soon. Yeah, I, I think that we all wish the best for him, but I just don't think that there is a – I don't think there's a uh, a path right now for him to come back unless unless uh, Steve Sarkeesian sees it that way and, and gets going with it. Um, hey, the other thing I want to mention, when we had Trey Owens on earlier, I just started thinking about it. How big are the Texas quarterbacks? Huge. I, mean, I know. I He just said he was 6'5", 235, like he was just – I mean, he just said it like it was no big deal. I mean, look, I mean, Malik Murphy was huge. He was 6'6", 235, 245, maybe, maybe even bigger. Arch Manning's no small, small dude. Quinn, wow. Ewers, Quinn Ewers of the group looks small, but he's not actually small. And then you have another guy coming in at 6'5", 235. I mean, that quarterback room, I mean, that could be a power forward basketball team. No, 100%. And it's funny, you know, Ewers is technically the smallest of the bunch. And when you ever – when you kind of consider how he slimmed down this year, you know, he's probably 25 pounds lighter than the rest of the group, which is kind of crazy considering the fact that he's the number one guy and we've seen how successful he's been. Uh, it, and especially in the running game this year, you know, I, I, I've pounded the drum all year. This is not a quarterback. Quinn Ewers is not a guy that you can tush, push or quarterback sneak with, but Ewers to his credit has found an extra year with his legs this year. So that's, Certainly encouraging that, you know, the development is there and it will continue to be there under Sarkeesian and Milby uh, for the, the next era of Texas quarterbacks. I uh, got a couple, some more questions coming in. Got time for a few more questions today, uh, this afternoon on the uh, On Texas Football live stream presented by Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Before we get to those questions, I want to say thanks to Andy officially uh, one last time. Uh, his number is 404-973-9901 or uh, email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. If you're looking for to own your own business, be your own boss, uh, and are interested or think that the franchise game might be right for you, give him a shout, 404-973-9901. This is what Andy does for a living. So if you're going to spend your living and, and turn over your life and do something new like that, you want an expert taking you along that path. That's Andy Ludicky at myperfectfranchise.net. All right, here, we got some other questions. I'm going to start with this one. Uh, so is Jeff asks, so is CJ going to be a regular guest? That is the hope. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Uh, very happy about him uh, here as well. CJ, did you get a chance to see Xavier Philsamy at either a camp or a combine or, or in person this year? Yeah, I, I saw him twice last year. So uh, I saw him against Temple early in the year. And again, I, I've watched all the film. I've seen him at the Under Armour All-American camps as well. Uh, this is a guy, like I said earlier, the physical presence is impressive. You know, I, I, I don't – I think it's a lazy comp to, to look at him and say, you know, this is what Tyler Owens was hoped to be, you know. But the, the physical traits are there. He's wiry. He's lengthy. He's, he's fast as hell. I mean, <laughs> the, the guy is a true athlete, can jump through the gym. You, it's impressive stuff. So – uh, I'm hopeful that, you know, the, the football instincts are there. Uh, everything that I've watched of him coming downhill is exactly what you want to see from a guy that's kind of a bigger safety. So uh, it's, it is impressive stuff. It, he, he has real 10-6 speed. He's got it FAT, fully automated, uh, and can cover. He's Rod's kind of guy. Uh, you, does that speed, in your opinion, show up on, on film or in person 
I, I know you just said he's fast as you know what, but does it really show up in that way? I think so. I, I think you see it more coming downhill than you do going side to side or backwards. You know, this is a guy uh, that, that McKinney defense is vaunted when it comes to stopping the run. It is impressive the way that that front seven works. And when things leak through, Phil Simi is there to really limit any type of explosive plays. Uh, I think like most safeties, that jump to the next level is going to take some time in terms of uh, play recognition, route patterns, in terms of reading the quarterback's eyes and getting to a spot where the ball will be eventually thrown. Uh, that's going to take time, you know, very rarely. And I think Derek Williams is still kind of in that learning stage right now. Uh, the pass game is different in the the, the college ranks. So uh, that's going to be the next step in his development. It's going to be reading eyes. It's going to be recognizing route, route patterns. And, you know, if that is something that he adapts to early on, you're looking at a very special prospect in the back end there. All right. Uh, here, here's one from uh, James Fikes. Uh, is Texas taking a real look at D'Alen Evans, uh, the young man out of Longview Pine Tree, an inside uh, player on the defense? He's a special mover at DT. Uh, here's what happened. Uh, Aaron Hampton, young man out of uh, Dangerfield that's committed to the University of Texas as a defensive back, also plays wide receiver uh, for Dangerfield. Uh, he and D'Alen Evans actually met together to have an in-home visit. Or it wasn't actually an in-home visit, I don't think, as much as it was a meeting at Chipotle in Longview, by the way. So he, he they met together. Evans is not expected to sign with AM. He's a longtime commitment with the Aggies. Also looked at Florida a good bit this, this season, but I don't think the Gators, because of their bad season, are much of a factor here anymore. He may visit AM this weekend, but he's saying that he has an official visit set up for not only Texas, but also looking at visits to USC and Oklahoma this coming year. So, or this next year. So he'll be a, um, what I would call a second signing period signee of someone. So that is someone that we need to look out for. Dominic McKinley, by the way, CJ, also expected to be a mid uh, second semester or a second signing period guy. That's the big five-star defensive lineman uh, out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, Terry Bussey, apparently moving his decision date back to the second signing day. He's day in him as well. And then, Another guy that we need to be aware of uh, just somewhat is Ryan Williams, the wide receiver out of Sarah land in, in uh, Alabama. And the reason we need to be aware of him is he was originally the number one right wide receiver in the class of 2025. Well, he is now reclassified and will sign most likely at the second signing period. And he'll be a class of 2024. Interestingly, He's already committed to Alabama, but his dad played at Auburn. He's saying he's going to visit Texas. He was at the Texas-Alabama game, by the way, in Tuscaloosa, along with 100 or so more uh, high-end recruits. Right. Uh, you have any other recruiting news, notes you want to share with folks that you've been thinking about or ideas uh, that uh, we can talk about here, CJ? Yeah, I think Ryan Williams is a big one, obviously. There were rumors back, you know, I guess, dating to the 7-on-7 seven -seven time in the spring uh, – this is a guy who is in contention to being the number one receiver, regardless of class. Uh, you know, he is that special and you watch him play football, you know, it, it jumps off the screen, just how talented he is. And so uh, that's one to watch as well. I know uh, he is teammates with current Texas quarterback commit KJ Lacey out in Sarah land. Uh, if there's any pool there, I guarantee you KJ's putting in the word behind the scenes to say, Hey, let's, let's continue our success together. 
at the next level on the biggest stage in the SEC. So that's also working in favor of Texas in, in that regard and that, uh, in that recruitment as well. Uh, Bobby, January 20th coming up, big junior day. I know Texas, once that calendar flips, I know there's still work to be done in the 2024 class. But this is going to be about the time where you start looking at that 2025 cycle and thinking, all right, who are the guys that Texas is going to be having uh, multiple visits set up for? Who are the guys that Texas will be pushing in terms of, you know, whether it be flipping a, a, a Decorian more kind of athlete like that or, you know, setting up official visits for the spring? It's exciting. You know, we'll start seeing just where things sit on the big picture wise. And uh, that all comes up January 20th as well. Yeah, the next 60 days are just going to be a blur. Basically, I've decided blur with Christmas put in there, <laughs> right? You know, that's no, absolutely. That's, uh, so, uh, all right. I, I tell you what, uh, we have one last thing we want to share with y'all. Matt, do you have it? Our producer, uh, by chance, can you bring that uh, the, the graphic up that you sent to our text thread uh, that showed the number of subscribers we have uh, on uh, on on Texas football now? Uh, because this is important. CJ, your first broadcast with us. Uh, and you're getting ready to see a little bit of a uh, positive thing here from Matt, our producer. I wanted to say thank you all to everybody. It's the end of the week. We've got a bunch of content coming tomorrow. Greg Davis later today. I had a one-on-one -on -one interview with the former Longhorn coach. We're going to post that as well. Uh, and then tomorrow we'll have recruiting updates as well. Uh, I'm also going to try to sit down with uh, Andrew, Andrea Elliott, the head coach's wife of the women's volleyball team. She sat with me about a year ago this time talking about Logan Eggleston and Maddie Skinner before they went and played for the national championship. Now they're getting ready to go play for it again. I got to keep that. I'm a little superstitious, right? So we got to keep that going. Uh, Matt, when you get a chance to put that up, please do. And uh, we'll celebrate on the way out here with uh, CJ Vogel, our friend. Uh, this has been sponsored by uh, Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net uh, each and every Friday's live stream. Here it is. Look at that. 30,000, dude. Congratulations. I I heard somebody posted in here. I was one of the first 128. I remember those days. There were no graphics involved. <laughs> it literally, it was just me on a Zoom screen. So, hey, uh, everybody, thank you all so much. Uh, thank you, the audience, for 30K. CJ, Rod Babers, thank you all for joining as well. Trey Owens, uh, early in the show, if, you did, if you're just now getting in, uh, Trey Owens, the quarterback re recruit from Texas, uh, was on the very first part of the show. Please feel free to rewind and watch that as well. All right, for C.J. Vogel, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football. Hook them. <laughs>